Shabbat Kufnun Zain. We were in the middle of discussing giving food to animals on Shabbat and mixing foods on Shabbat. When is it mutar? When is asur? And all of a sudden, we got into uh, talking about people's mazal, and we explained that there is no mazal to Israel. And with that, we are on Daf Kufnun Zain. We're really we're going to start Kufnun Vav Amud Bet by the Mishnah at the end. About 11 lines from the bottom of Kufnun Vav Amud Bet, where it says, We're allowed to take uh, gourds, pumpkins that are cut, and, uh, and cut them up into pieces and throw it in front of an animal to eat it. Take an nevela, there's an animal that died on Shabbat, cut it up into pieces and put it in front of the dogs. If it wasn't an evil Arab Shabbat, it was still alive Arab Shabbat, Asura, it's Muktzeh, it was created today. It wasn't prepared before Shabbat. So again, when it comes to the pumpkins, this is Rashi's Shita, that they were uh, already detached before Shabbat. Tosfot says they have to be like the Nevila. The same way the Nevila was, uh, became Nevila on Shabbat, it died on Shabbat, same thing. Uh, the pumpkin was detached on Shabbat, either it fell off on its own, either someone picked, uh, plucked it, whatever the, the case may be. And when it comes to the Nevelah, Tosfor explains that Rabbi Huda uh, holds that any food that is prepared for a human being is not animal food. You can't give it to an animal. And the entire Tosfot goes into explaining why Rabbi Huda holds that way. So the Gemara starts with a siman. It says, Arel Shahaz. The Arel side are the initials of the rabbis who hold like Rabbi Huda, and the Shahaz are the rabbis who hold like Rabbi Shimon. Amar Ula, Halakha Kerbi Yehuda, and Ushmael Amar Halakha Kerbi Shimon, that's the Shin, now I am the Shin. Ve'af Rav Savar Halakha Kerbi Yehuda, why? You have mats that are meant to cover the merchandise on boats. The Rav Asar Ushmael Share, Rav says you're not allowed to touch it, it's Muktzel, Yodza Kerbi Yehuda, and Shmuel says Mutar. Holds like Rabbi Shimon. The after the visa of halacha Rabbi Yehuda, even that's your lamed that he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Ki had the Levi because we saw what happened by Levi. Ki havu ma'itet terifta the kamei biomatava. When someone would bring him a terifat, the check rabbi was a chachted good. What's the halacha? He would lo hava hazela. He wouldn't look into the halacha. He wouldn't look at it. Ela ki yativ akil kilta. Unless it was sitting by a garbage, because if it's trefa, it just leaves it there. Because if it's a trefa, I can't even give it to the klavim because I'm not allowed to touch it. It was it was shachta today, and it was never ra'ui before Yom Tov for the dogs. And meaning he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Now here's the shahaz part. As we just explained before, um, by the mats that are covering the merchandise. Now that's the yerzain. An animal that died on Yom Tov, do not move it from its place. And Zayri explained that that's supposed to be a korban passed away. And you can't have any hana'ah from it since it was kadosh. You can't even give it to a dog. You can't touch it. Aval behulin. But if it was a behemav, hulin that passed, that died on Yom Tov. Shapir dami, you're allowed to touch it. Why? Because the, because you could give it to an animal. And because he holds like Rabbi Shimon. Ve'af Rabbi Yohanan, that's your head. Amar halacha ke Rabbi Shimon. 
Now the Gemara asks, "Umi Amar Rabbi Yochanan Hachi? Did Rabbi Yochanan really say halacha Rabbi Shimon? Veha Amar Rabbi Yochanan halacha kista Mishnah. Rabbi Yochanan holds halacha kista Mishnah. Mishnah no name. Utanan. En mevakein aitzim mina korot. We don't chop wood for firewood. Not from the uh, pile that we need for uh, the pile of wood that we need for building." Not from an old beam that broke on Yom Tov. Even though right now it's meant for burning purposes, but since it went into Yom Tov, uh, not, for, not for burning purposes, not for firewood purposes, therefore it's Muktzeh, and that's like Rabbi Yehuda. So you see, we have a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yohanan said, Allah but he also says that he holds like Rabbi Shimon. So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Yohanan, ahu ke Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda matnila. He says over there, he, it's not Ishta Mishnah, he holds that it goes according to Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda, and, uh, and it's not Ishta Mishnah, and therefore I don't hold like Rabbi Yossi bar Yehuda. Okay, so here's another question, Tashema. Again, we're asking Rabbi Yohanan, who, who says, Rabbi Shimon, we have a Mishnah in Masechet Betzah, now we said matchilin ba'arimat hatevin. When I want to, uh, I want to make a fire on Yom Tov, I start with the pile of straw. Avalo be'aitzim shibamukze, but not from the trees in my backyard. The backyard was once upon a time used for storage. It was called mukze. Mukze means we don't touch anything. Why? Because I left there wood, uh, you know, for the for the winter season. And therefore, they're asur on Yom Tov. That goes according to Rabbi Yehuda. And if that goes according to Rabbi Yehuda, how did Rabbi Yohanan hold like Rabbi Shimon? And just to further explain everything, that uh, Rashi explains that uh, over here we're talking according to the Havamina, meaning to what we're originally understanding, that we're talking about a straw that is disgusting. You can't even use it for animal food. And therefore, therefore, it's meant for burning purposes. So the Gemara answers, Hatam, no, that Mishnah is talking pieces of wood, that uh, cedar wood, that you use to build with. They're very expensive. Uh, they're male and female, meaning uh, the male part is the part that you put in, the female part is the part that holds it in place. But they're expensive pieces of wood. They're they're expensive. You're not going to use them for firewood. I feel it that you can't touch that. It would be like a Brit Milan knife or a Shita knife. That it's very important. So the Gemara now continues asking on Rabbi Yohanan, Tashema, we have a Mishnah in Betza again. We don't give water and then shecht on Yom Tov the animals that are in the in the, that are in the fields. Meaning they're not uh, they're not my own animals, so they're like you know, they're outside the home usually and they're mukzeh. But the ones that are in the house, they're in the city, uh, you know, they belong to me. Um, I'm allowed to give them water and I'm allowed to shach them on, uh, on Yom Tov. Now, this obviously goes like contribute that there's muktzeh. So how did Rabbi Yohanan say that Halakha Zakrabi Shimon? Here's a stam Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda. The Gemara answers Rabbi Yohanan's stamma, Harinashka, he has a different stamma. What's the other stam? Bet Shemai. Now, remember, Bet Shemai versus Bet Hilel is like a stam because Bet Shemai doesn't exist because we hold like Bet Hilel. So Bet Shemai says you could take uh, the what do you, you could take the any bones or any shells that you have on the on the table you could just pick them up. You could pick up the entire uh, the tablecloth or the table and just uh, move it off. 
the table is considered a keli, and uh, you're allowed to move the keli. And what do we hold in, in this gersa? We hold the opposite. The opposite bit, Shabbai holds like Rabbi Huda that you have to pick up the table and not the actual uh, bones and shells. Rabbi Tilel, Rabbi Shimon, that you pick up the bones and the shells themselves. The mirror, he flipped it. And the bottom line is, it's like Rabbi Tilel holds like Rabbi Shimon, and the halacha is like that. So Rabbi Yohanan has a difference, Dama. Pligeba. So now there's a machlok. In all of Hilchot Shabbat. And Rashba explains by all Hilchot Shabbat, anytime where you have a machlok at Rabbi Shimon and anyone else, okay, like Muktze, Nolad, Davashem Mitkavim, Elchashem Tzachal Gufa, all that stuff. Right? And everything, Halacha, Rabbi Shimon, Lebar, except, Muktze Mehamat Mi'us. Umaynihu, and what is Muktze Mehamat Mi'us? Near Yashan, you have an old uh, earthenware uh, candle. They've used it many times. You have a lot of oil in there. It's disgusting. You can't touch it. Another one of them, Ravaha or Ravina, one of them said, You're allowed to pick up the, that uh, earthenware can, old uh, earthenware candle. So where where do we not hold that? Touching something that is used for Yisur. Umayin, what are we talking about? Shabbat. A candle that we use that Shabbat. So Friday night by by uh, by Ben time was already lit. It became a basis le davar asur. The, the fire is asur. And over there, halachal kabi you know how to touch it even after it shut off. Aval muktzeh mehamat chisaron kis afilu rabbi shimon modeh. But even Rabbi Shimon would admit that it's asur. So here, even like Rabbi Shimon, even and it sounds like Rabbi Shimon agreed to this also that anyone you could carry any keli on Shabbat, except the ones that are really expensive, like the big saw that you use for a tree, or you or the uh, handle for the for the plow that you you dig with. It's my business tools. I'm no one's gonna touch it. I don't want to get it ruined. So you see, even Rabbi Shimon admitted that Muktzeh Hamad Hisaron Kis is asur on Shabbat. Now the next Mishnah: Mefirin Nedarin BeShabbat. A husband hears his wife makes uh, makes a vow. She donated money, whatever it is, he can uh, nullify that vow on Shabbat. Shabbat, and we can. Uh, retract a vow. A person swore that he was going to do something. He's allowed to go to the rabbi and tell him I made a mistake. Uh, for example, I said I'm not going to eat bread anymore. Uh, I promise I'm not eating bread anymore. You're allowed to go to the rabbi. Listen, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, and he's and you can nullify my vow. However, if it is something that has nothing to do with Shabbat, then not necessarily do you ha- uh, can uh, can the rabbi do it on, uh, can the rabbi nullify the vow on Shabbat. Number two, we could shut the window with a temporary shutter on Shabbat. And we can measure a rag to see if it has three by three etzbaot for Tum'ah. We could go check to see if the mikveh is kosher. There was, a, there was a story that happened in the days of the father of Rebitzadok. They shut the window with a jug made of, of an earthenware jug. And they and they tied a an earthenware keli 
with uh, with a reed. To find that if the the crack in the gigit in the in the jug had a had an opening the size of a tefach imlav, if not. And this case is a little bit uh, complicated, and the Gemara will explain it. But bottom line, we are allowed to uh, temporarily shut something, we are allowed to measure, we are allowed to tie, even Shabbat, if in order for us to learn a halachah, to understand something better. Now the Gemara asks, When we said nullifying, a man can nullify his wife's vows, whether it has to do for Shabbat or not, uh, or even things that have nothing to do with Shabbat. And when it comes to asking a hacham, a person made a mistake with the, with the, with the promising, with the swearing, uh, you're only allowed to go to the rabbi for, for on Shabbat for things having to do with Shabbat, but if it has nothing to do with Shabbat, you can't go, go but come tomorrow morning. And that's why we split it. Meaning, the Gemara's question is, what's the reason we said vows and then we said uh, the, the, uh, the swearing? Uh, why can't we just say it together, right? If it's for Shabbat, not for Shabbat. Are we, are we here to understand that uh, by, by vows, uh, whether it has to do with Shabbat or not, you're allowed to do it. Why? Because the husband has only that day. The day he hears the vow... He has to uh, nullify the vow. If he waits till tomorrow morning, or he waits till even Motzei Shabbat, he can't nullify it anymore. But uh, but if you're gonna, but to go to Hacham, you could just wait till tomorrow, if it has nothing to do with Shabbat. Or maybe nullifying a, a husband nullifying his wife's vow also. If it has to do for Shabbat, he's allowed to do it. And if it's nothing to do with Shabbat, do it to, uh, do it tonight. So So why do you split it? So why do you split them? Hafara doesn't need betin; just needs the husband to say uh, whatever she says is nullified. Uh, but when to, to be shoela on a, on a, to, to go back on a, on a swear, you need uh, three rabbis. So like my answer is Tashema. The Tanez Zute de Berav Papa Zute in the Yeshiva of Papa. He he was he learned Neferin Nedarim BeShabbat LeTzorech HaShabbat. A husband could be can nullify a vow for his wife on Shabbat only if it's for Shabbat. Netzorach Shabbat in shelo netzorach Shabbat lo. If it's not for Shabbat, no. Lishna acherina. We learned it a little bit differently. Ibayalehu. Question: When we said netzorach netzorach Shabbat, atavayu katane was talking about the hafara and the shelah for the hacham. V'shelo netzorach. If it has nothing to do with Shabbat, law, we don't, uh, we're not, uh, the husband can't uh, nullify and the, and the rabbi can't nullify. Alma, so what do you learn? Hafara nidarim me'at la'at. That you have, when when the lady makes a vow, the husband has a full 24 hours to nullify it. And therefore, if it's not the Litzorah Shabbat, do it tonight. It's within 24 hours. Odilma, or maybe, kikatane Litzorah. When it said letzorech Shabbat, that's going about the man going to the rabbi. But when it comes to the husband nullifying the vow, even if it has nothing to do with Shabbat, and he's allowed to do it. Alma, what do you learn? It's all day. That means if she swore five minutes before Shabbat ends and the husband heard about it, he only has five minutes to nullify that vow. And therefore he could do it today. 
מפירים נדרים בשבת לצורך השבת, רב זוטה, נשיב אברת פאפי, said that we, the husband nullifies his wife's vows on Shabbat, if it's for Shabbat, לצורך השבת אין, שלא לצורך השבת לא, if it's nothing to do with Shabbat, no, על מה הפרה נדרים מעט לעת, it means you have 24 hours to nullify that vow. Amarav Ashe, Vhanan Tanan, but we learned the Masech and Nedarim, Hafaran Darim, Kol Hayom. You only have that day. Now, Vish, and over there we also learned, Vish, Bidavad Hakel Lachmir. Sometimes you got 24 hours, sometimes you got uh, 30 seconds. Ketzad, Nadra Le Shabbat, if she swore uh, the Friday night, Mefer Le Shabbat, Vyom Shabbat, Achit Hashach, he could thread into Friday night, Shabbat morning, Shabbat afternoon, all day. Nadraim Hashecha, but five minutes before uh, before uh, Motzei Shabbat she swore. Mefer Achelot Hashach, he could swear as long as it didn't become dark. Sheim lo yefer mishachashecha, ino echol afer. If he didn't annul that vow before sun before the sun uh, came out before the sun went down, then it doesn't count. He can't do it anymore. Meaning he doesn't have twenty four hours. He only had thirty seconds. So the Gemara answers. It's really a mahluk tanaim, the tanya. Hafaran darim kol hayom. Rabbi Yosib, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Amru, me'ait le'ait. So Tanakama holds, you have all day. And Rabbi Yosib, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, they said you have 24 hours. And the Braita that we understood that it's me'ait le'ait holds like Rabbi Yosib, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon. And then Mishnah Nadarim holds like Tanakama of this Braita. Now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah, Venish Alim, Lindarim, we could. Go to the rabbi to annul our vow on Shabbat. If it has to do with Shabbat, Iba'ya lehu. The Gemara asks a question. Keshelo haya lo p'nai, o dilma afilu haya lo p'nai. If, am I allowed to go to the rabbi, even if I had time yesterday, I just didn't, I had no mood, and tomorrow I'm seeing him anyways, and I might as well. Or even if you, but or is it that uh, if you had a chance yesterday, then you can't do it today? Tashema, the Gemara explains from the following story. There is Kikule Rabbanan, the Rav Zutra Bered, the Rav Zera, the Sharul Nidre. The rabbis got together, they made a betin for Rav Zutra Bered, the Rav Zera, and they nullified his vow on Shabbat. And he had all the time in the world, Arab Shabbat, but still they got together and they made a betin for him. Next, the last part of the Mishnah, Shepakekuta Maor Betafiyah Vekashur Tamekeda Begemi, that they temporarily shut the window and they, uh, and they, and they tied a jug with, uh, with a reed. Now, what happened over there? Amav Yudah Amarav, this was the case. Hilketik Tana Haita, there was a, there was a path between two houses, Bentne Batim, Vetuma Haita Shaman, there was a dead body in between both houses. And there was a barrel with a crack in the middle that was on top of both houses, meaning one side of the barrel was on one on the roof of one house and the other side was on the roof of another house, and there was a crack in the middle. And they put an earthenware, I guess, a jug or something by the window in order to block the Tum'ah to go there, because they knew this man was dying, so they didn't want the Tum'ah to go into the house. The they went up and they tied that uh, jug that's on the roof with a begami, with a rope. And they brought down, with that rope, they brought down that jug in order to figure out does the crack in between have a tefah, does it have a potech tefah? 
imlav, or it didn't have a tum'ah. If it had a crack open that was a tefah wide, then the tum'ah will go into that barrel. But if not, then it would go to the sides, it would be like sort of a roof, and the tum'ah would go into the houses if the, if the earthenware pot wasn't blocking. Now, this is Rashi's perush on the sugya on Kufnun Zanamud Aleph, the Amud before. There's a long Tosafot who explains what happened a little bit differently. There was a mound that was going upwards between both buildings. And they put a barrel over there that reached all the way to the ceiling. And one of the houses had a dead person inside. And the question was, if there was a crack in the barrel, then uh, then the Tum'ah would go from one house to the other. And the Rambam also has something sort of that shita. His perush of the Mishnayot, very kedai to look at the Mahloket over here. Now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah. From the stories of Rebitza, the father of Rebitza Dok and Abasha Ul bin Bitnir, we understood that we were allowed to measure Shabbat and we're allowed to uh, uh, tie something that's uh, that's not Kayama all on Shabbat. Now, Ula ikla lebe reshkaluta. Ula went to the house of reshkaluta. Hazir la rabba baravuna deyativ be'avna demaya. He saw rabba baravuna sitting in a big barrel of water. Ve'kamashachla, and he was just measuring. Amale, Ula told him, Emader, amale rabbana and medidad mitzvah. Maybe the hachamim said you're allowed to do your measuring for mitzvah. They love mitzvah. If you're not doing it for a mitzvah, mi'amur, they give you a heter? Amale... Rabbi Baravuna answered him, mit'asek be'alman. I was just, you know, I'm just uh, playing around. I wasn't paying attention to what I'm doing, bichlal. And measuring for no reason, just playing around with the, with the measuring tape, there, there is no isur, and uh, it would be mutar. And there is a mahlokit over here. Is he like every other uh, mit'asek that we talked about so far, uh, up until now in the masechet, or is it, this just like a doing and nothing sort of thing, which is totally mutar? Because in some cases, where you know, mitasek, if you're doing a deoraita, that should be asur. In some cases, we're mahmir, rabbanan. Uh, here, uh, some mifrashim explain that it's like you're totally doing nothing. It's just like playing, fiddling around with a piece of paper. There's nothing wrong with it. Hadran alach mishehshich uslikalach masechet shabbat. Mazal tov. I want to thank uh, again Yossi Abadi who uh, puts this on uh, Spotify and uh, all the other podcasts. Uh, Hashem should give him a lot of bracha and everything he does. And I also wanted to apologize. A lot of times there was noise in the background. Because we're in the galut of the quarantine for the last couple of months, We a lot of times we had to do it at home. We had to do the recording at home and there was noise in the background. I apologize. Uh, but Hashem should accept our limud beratzon. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.